Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Just excited that you're with us. It's uh, been a 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're about a third of the way through. We hope God is moving in your way, in your life like never before. We hope that God is doing some incredible things. And uh, we're just pumped that you're with us. We're going to be talking a little bit about prayer as we close out and continue looking throughout January. But I want to start with this by a show of hands. I need your help. Uh, How many of us believe that prayer can do something? Woo, okay. Now everybody put your hands down. Let me ask you this question. How many of us know we pray as we should? Yeah, that's why I don't want anybody like raise that hand right now, right? There's, there's moments like we know God can do something. He's our heavenly father. He's holy, holy, king of kings. And yet we're sitting here and sometimes we're like, hey, we just kind of like phone it in. We don't really pray like we should. In fact, there's a lot of reasons why we, we struggle in our prayer life. A lot of reasons. One, we, 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 we lack confidence. Anybody ever felt like that? Like, man, I don't really know what to say, so I don't say anything. And you kind of like are puzzled and like, oh, okay, God, I don't really know what to say. Sometimes uh, uh, you, we just get bored. Like, like I have mornings, okay? I have my office, I go to my office and, and I'll do this. There's, there's days where I'm like coming out like, man, it's Monday, I'm ready to conquer the world. Baby, you can do anything, throw anything at me and I got it. And then it's like, there's days I wake up and I'm like, I need to pray. Okay, God, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna lay down right now and I'm gonna pray laying down. And you know what happens when you pray laying down like that early in the morning? You're like, whew, that was the quickest prayer. That was like 30 minutes, you know? And, and you take a little snooze, anybody ever been there, right? You know, you get distracted, you're praying and you're saying, God, like, hey, I need you. Oh, okay, honey, to-do list. I got the kid's schedule. And, and you're thinking, okay, and we, and we get distracted and we struggle because we have so much activity taking place in our life. Like, this is a very active area to live in. Kids, families, events, work, obligations, and we just get distracted and it impedes itself in our prayer life. There's moments when, you know, you go to that prayer meeting and I always t- uh, tend to find myself when I'm, I'm at a prayer meeting or a prayer service. I got the guy to my left who's like, I mean, boisterous, and he's praying so loud, and he's like, boom, boom, boom. I'm like, do I can't even hear my own thoughts. And then to my right, I got a lady who's crying. I'm like, why are we crying? Like, really, why are we crying? And, and so then I get distracted. I'm like, boom, 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 and wow, wow, wow. Like, she's like, touch, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm all sorts of confused. Struggles in prayer time. And then you got, you know, like maybe those individuals, like they can say all the right words. Like, you, you know, you're next to Noah's little brother. Like, I mean, they're saying everything and you're like, and thou shall. And like, you're like, man, it's so profound. Like, are you a disciple of Jesus? And, and like you look over and you're like, you must have walked with Jesus and learn. And, and then you try to compare yourself and you compete a little bit. And you're like, uh, oh, Lord, just do it. Lord, yes. God, and, and you try, like, and you start, like, Jehovah, Nissan, and you're, like, uh, missing it a little bit, and, and you kind of get mixed up a little bit, right? And, and you compete. There's a lot of times we struggle in our prayer life, but it's essential to who God is in our life. 
And I want to uh, suggest two major problems. The first one is this. We, we pray too small. We pray too small. You know, you know like sometimes we, we, we don't really focus on the, the grandization of who God is. We pray too small. Another problem we have is this, if you're taking notes with us, is this, we pray too general. We pray too general. You know, let me put it this way. Uh, we've all been there. We've all prayed these prayers, and it's like, God, bless me. And you, and you pray, and like, you're like, oh, God, I need your blessings. And God's sitting over here looking down at us and saying, do you know where you live? Do you know what you're driving? Do you know what's in your bank account? Sounds to me like you're pretty blessed right now. Or then on the other side, we're like, hey, we pray this prayer. You're like, God, be with me today. And he's sitting over here and he's like, I already told you I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So why are you praying that right now? And you kind of scratch your head, right? Like, or, or we play like this and, hey, God, help me on this traveling day. You're like, easy done. Truthfully, I believe this. I believe when God hears some of our prayers, he's looking down frustrated. He's looking down a little confused at us because he's like, I can do all these little petty things in your life, but I want you to come and pray to me and I want to do something big in your life, glorious in your life. And so when people look at your life, they say, how'd you do that? You said, I don't know. It was God in all his glory. So I think sometimes we're general, we're too small. Here, this is what I want you to understand. General prayers do not move to God to specific action. General prayers don't move God to specific action. James chapter 4, verse 2, Jesus' half-brother puts it this way. You don't have what you want because you don't ask for it. So the question is, are you praying too general or are you praying too small? Do you want God to be moving in action in your life? I always love to study prayers that I found from legends and greats throughout history. And there's this man by the name of Martin Luther. He was a church reformist. He's given us the ability to, to really look at the word for ourselves, huge in history. And he had this best friend uh, who was his assistant, Friedrich Myconius. And Friedrich Myconius is writing um, a letter, a farewell letter. He's on his deathbed. His days are over. In fact, he's, he's so uh, to, the, to the point of, hey, death is knocking on his doorstep. And, and he writes his farewell. He can't even speak. And, and he's telling Luther, I'm, you know, it's over for me. Farewell. Continue on with the mission. And this is the prayer that Martin Luther, the great church reformist from the 1500s, he writes back. And I encourage you, study some of the legends throughout history so that you can leave inspired and say, wow. And this is what he writes. And when I read this, I'm like, wow. Luther writes back to his friend Myconius, who's laying on his deathbed, I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. For this I am praying, because I seek only to glorify the name of God. And then check this out. Myconius, being to the point on his deathbed, can't speak. He's laying in his bed. Ends up getting healed 
lives six more years later, he actually survives Martin Luther and then goes on to pass away two months after Martin Luther passes away. Talk about a big, audacious prayer. Talk about strong prayers. Look, we are called to live lives that are filled with strong prayers. Today and for the remainder of our time throughout January in our prayer and fasting season, we're going to be looking at this man by the name of Paul, some of his prayers. Paul, if you're not familiar with who Paul is, Paul was an apostle. Uh, He was someone that uh, actually didn't like Jesus to the point he tried to kill people who followed Jesus. Like he lived a pretty radical life. Many of us are familiar with him. He's known as the best theologian. And on his way to Damascus, he has this divine encounter, and and, and God transforms his life. So he goes from being someone who persecuted God's church, being to someone who's following, lifting up God's church. So we see this taking place in Paul's life, throughout Paul's life, that he would be a missionary, he'd be a church planner, he would go through some trials and tribulations, and he'd always be focused, he was someone who would fast. In approximately 60 AD, Paul writes this letter to the Ephesians church, out of, or church of Ephesus, however you'd like to turn it, it's also known as an epistle, and so you can sound really smart with your friends and be like, hey, I studied one of Paul's letters to the Ephesus church, it's an epistle, so you can sound really like you know it when you're hanging out with your friends at work and whatnot, theological terms there. And, and, and he writes it from a jail cell in Rome. So he writes to Ephesus and, and, he, and he talks to them about a few things, about maturing in the body. And he always had this way of praying that Paul, he says, he says, pray that or pray so this would be handled or then that would handle. Pray that, then that would happen. So it would be pray that blank, then that would happen. And so we're going to be looking at this today in Ephesians. Join me, chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. We're talking about strong prayers. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything on heaven, in heaven and on earth. So first, when it comes to strong prayers, we need to be willing to pray in various postures. Pray in various postures. Um, you know, oftentimes Jewish men, when they would pray back in this culture, they would pray standing up in their hands, palms open to this idea of receiving from the Lord. I would encourage you, strong prayers are of various different postures. I, I know for myself, whenever I'm praying and I'm thinking, God, I need something radical in my life, vision in my life. Blake's had too much coffee sometimes. And I'm like, I'm running, I'm saying, God, I need you. I'm moving, I'm pacing, I'm walking back. I'm going circles in my carpet at my home and it's looking like it's worn. And, and there's that posture because like, hey, I'm intense, God. I need you right now in my life to do something only you can do. There's also times when there's some humility that needs to take place in my prayer life. So I go to my knees and I say, God, like I've made a mistake. God, forgive me. I'm I'm giving my life to you. And God, I humbly admit this idea of repentance in my life. And, And I go to my knees. God, you're the ruler of my life. There's times when I feel like, man, I need to just be as humble as I possibly can be. So I just lay face down on the ground and I say, God, I just need you to do what only you can do. God, I'm laying myself before you in complete humility. God, do 
There's various postures. I want to encourage you. You can pray sitting up. You can pray standing. You can pray jumping if you have the cardio to do that. You can also pray while you're driving. But I want to encourage you. Do what Jesus did. Keep watch and pray when you're driving. We have too many people in Southwest Florida that, woo, well, you, like they're praying or they're doing something, right? But you can pray in various postures. I think sometimes we think of our prayer life, strong prayers look a lot of different ways. And then when we move forward, once we figure out our posture in which we should present ourselves, which we're looking at our heart, we're looking at our intent, that should lead the way for how you pray. Like what's your heart saying and how your heart should lead you through that moment of prayer? Maybe it's intense. Maybe it's, it's you're speaking battles and you need to stand up and run and you need to pace and you need to move. Maybe it's just humility. Maybe it's repentance. Maybe it's a posture of God. You are greater. Once we figure out our posture, then we need to be able to pray out of God's glorious riches. Pray out of God's glorious riches. I want us to understand this because I think we sleep on this after a while. Our God is limitless. Our God can do more than we can even imagine. Our God doesn't look at the bank account like you and I do. Our God doesn't look at, you know, up, we, we can't make that, or up, that's limit right there. Nope. God doesn't look at your credit line. God is saying, look, I got it all. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, when we continue to study Paul's uh, letter that he writes, he says this, he will empower, excuse me, let me go back here. If, I pray from his glorious and unlimited resources, he will empower you with strength through his spirit. Paul is, or God is limitless. We call him the king of kings, lord of lords, glorious riches. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, earlier in the letter to the Ephesians, Paul says, A praise to God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are what? United with Christ. Later, Paul writes another letter to the church of Philippi, and he says this, and in this same God who takes care of me will supply what? All of your needs from his what? Glorious riches, which have been given through Christ Jesus. I think it's important for us to understand the glorious, the significant, the infinite, the might, the power, the endless supply of who God is. Because I think a lot of times when we pray, we go in because we have, we, we have a spiritually healthy, glorified father who wants to be for his church, wants to lift up his children to the most potential, great place he can position them, and yet we pray like spiritually impoverished children. Like, God, uh, like, God, if you can, will you? God, please help me here. 
Uh, and, and we kind of like, like God's saying, like, you understand, like, you know, those needs you struggle with that you're going through in life, that you're, that you're saying, hey, it's short supply. God's saying, no, I can do that. You're saying you're running out of relational bandwidth. God's saying, no, I can supply you more. You're running out of peace and kindness, the Holy Spirit in which I give my church, my people. I can refill you. I can renew you. I can do something more in your life than you can even think about, you can even imagine in your life. So that's what God says. But if you want strong prayers, you got to start thinking just how unlimited God is. His riches of what God has for us. We also see when it comes to strong prayers, we need to pray to be strengthened by God's power. Pray to be strengthened by God's power. Ephesians 316, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. He will empower you. This word empower, power, we find it throughout scripture. It actually is the original word that gives us the word dynamite. So when it's saying, hey, God will be explosive power in our lives. I think sometimes we're like, hey, God, you'll be the power, and we'll over here, we'll be holding the sparkler, and we're like, woo, that's God's power, and God's saying like, look, I can be that nuclear power plant in your life. You need some power in your life, you need some strength in your life, ask me. Pray to be strengthened by God's power. We're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. Well, the word that keeps kind of coming back to me is this word power. God, I need your power. God, I need your power when I'm raising my children and I'm tired and, and I'm, I'm kind of depleted at the end of the day. God, I need your power to help be a good, healthy parent. God, I need power in my marriage to be a good spouse. God, I need power to handle that coworker. God, I need your power. I need your strength. So we need to be strengthened by God's power, the ultimate source of power, the power that can change our lives. Not hold on to God like, hey, we're just, you're just a sparkler in our life. We'll just plug you in and hopefully the extension cord works out. But no, God wants to be that nuclear power plant in your life where if you hooked up to the nuclear plant, man, crazy things would happen in your life ultimate strength would happen in your life. I think too many times we try to put God through this little vessel and his power is waiting right behind that wall. I like to illustrate it this way. My wife and I, we used to drive, uh, we still do, excuse me, we, we drive a Kia Sorento. It's like a mid-size SUV. Um, so for about eight months, the, the latch, you know how when you would lift up the back of the trunk and the, the latch would go up and the, the whole back would open on this SUV, for about eight months, this rod that held up the trunk was broken, okay? Well, I'm not really a car guy. So I'm looking at the back, I'm like, and so basically, um, I, I didn't really know what the problem was. So I open up the back and, and for about eight months, it wouldn't stay up. So like you open it, you'd have to like get through the, the, the back of the trunk space and you have to like work through things and you're like holding it. So you're like looking goofy and you're trying to do one of these numbers and you're sorting through and you're holding it up. And so then every time you're trying to hold up this thing, there's days, there's moments where the hand slips and it hits you in the back or you're like, oh man, or, or you just get tired because you're sorting through some of your stuff, like maybe at the grocery store and, and you're like leaning and you're literally laying in your trunk and the trunk is closed behind you. Like you seeing what I'm, you kind of understanding where I'm going. And so I'm like, there, there's this, it finally got to the point where like my wife came home one time with like a big old like 
egg in the back of her head. She's like, Blake, you better get that fixed or I'm going to fix you. And I'm like, whoo, you know, like, okay, done. And uh, so I'm like, well, man, okay, I guess I'll spend these like hundreds of dollars. So I do uh, whatever guy who doesn't know anything about cars does, you know, like I'm like at the auto zone getting a battery for something else. And and I'm like, hey, hold on, it's in the trunk. So the guy sees me do this thing, right? Like, he, you know, he's like, what are you doing, man? I'm like, well, my trunk doesn't stay open. It's going to be hundreds of dollars. And he's like, hold on. Goes in, comes back out, $23.99. He's like, hey, buy this little rod. He literally pulls the rod off the back of the trunk, slaps this one in, no tools needed. And he's like, all right, you're good. I go, no, I'm not. It stays open. I'm like, dude, I've been living eight months like this. This is torment. <laughs> so now I can get in this trunk anytime I want, excess, move around, crawl in there. I'm like, man, this is glory, you know, $23 later. See, here's the thing. I think some of us have been stuck leaning into the trunk a little bit. Like, you can barely get anything out of the trunk. You're like, hey, okay, I can kind of get through some things. And, and then you're like, okay, I got to lift it up and I got to step out and, and shut it. Hopefully I don't get hit in the back of the head. See, God's saying just for a simple click and pop, he can unleash his limitless power in your life. You can be strengthened by his power. See, are you, are you, are you living with it barely coming out? Are you living with God barely strengthening you? You ever ask, you know, those people, they go through a tragedy in life. They go some real hard things. And you're like, man, you expect them to walk in and, and like, man, they're going to be in tears. They're going to be going through some stuff. And you're like, hey, I'm going to be there for them. And they're just like cool, calm, collected. They got peace unlimited. And you're like, how do they have that? And they're understanding God's power in their life. They're, they're seeing God's power in your life. Something different. They have access. See, God's power also gives us understanding of his love. God's power also gives us understanding of his love. Now, it's important for us to earmark this, note this, and understand. We can't understand God's love without his power in our life. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul continues as we look back at the test. He says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and what keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, Paul says, that we can't understand God's love with, uh, without his power. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Love surpasses knowledge. We cannot naturally understand God's love. We have to supernaturally Understand, It's through God's power that we're able to try to get a familiarity around God's love. You know, some people just have a different presence about them. That's because there's been this love unleashed in your life, their lives. Uh, the, the greatest thing, greatest prayer you can pray for someone, parents in the room. Greatest thing you can pray over your children 
is that they will supernaturally understand the power of God in their life because it's that that then leads to the understanding of God's love in their life. The greatest thing you can pray for a child and, and a spouse, your family members, is that there is power in their life and through that power they can understand God's love in their life. Often we're praying for all these other things and we're like, hey, like I pray for understanding over my child. Like they, can they understand God's, uh, God's love by his power? Can they understand the, and be moved radically by the power of God to get a glimpse of his love? Louis Armstrong, any jazz fans up in here, right? I love what one time a reporter asked and they're like, hey, help us understand jazz. Louis Armstrong responds, man, if I got to explain it, you ain't got it. That's how it is with God's love. We can't naturally explain God's love. It's supernatural. It's a work that, man, like once God does something in your life, there's just something like, whoa, God, I, I, I'm getting it. Like it's, it's in your soul, it's in your spirit, it's in your heart, it's in your mind, it radiates you. It's just, man, how can I let other people know? You try to explain it, it doesn't come out. There's no words that explain it, that polish it. Charles Finney, the 1800 great revivalist speaker out of New York, describes it this way, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body, through me, body and soul. I could feel its impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in like waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. That's Charles Finney trying to explain God's love. The greatest prayer we can pray for someone, the greatest prayer we can have is, God, give me the power to receive your love. I can't fully understand it. I can't articulate it. I can't explain it. But God, I need it. And then lastly, strong prayers. They pray to see God do infinitely more, infinitely more. Man, I, my kids are going to school. I believe this church, what if we start praying prayers that are, are, are not just pacifist prayers, not just prayers that get by, but prayers that radically can lead to movements. Infinite more, strong prayers, prayers over my children. This is what I pray. I don't want my child just to have a good day at school God, I want my child to be a leader to transform their school. In your marriage, you're praying, oh, God, save my marriage. God's not, God wants to save your marriage, of course, but God's not, hey, let me just settle for the standard. Let me just settle for the low bar. God's saying, hey, I want to not only have you to have your best marriage, but a passionate marriage. A marriage that brings you life. A marriage where you grow old with your best friend. 
If you're single in this place, we've all done this before a time again. You know, you write your list, maybe in your head or on paper. I want to encourage you, you start praying this prayer. Say, God, bring that person who pursues you more than I do. Bring that person who's as red hot on fire for you as I am. And then it's crazy what God does. He, he, he writes that list for you and you're like, whoo, God, thank you. Like it's funny, I'm like, I, I was comparing a list I wrote when I was in Bible college one time and the list my wife, I'm like, dude, identical. And I kind of threw that list, crumpled up, threw it away back in the day. But then God comes along and says, hey, Blake, you started getting serious about me. I'm gonna see you through. And then that list that I once wrote, God surpassed it, added 20 more things with a spouse of mine. That one time when I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to live. I, I had some unclear answers. Like, God, help me out here. And I was kind of vague and kind of just like, oh, whatever. And then God's saying like, Blake, when you make it serious about me, you can see what I can do in your life. Start trusting, start believing, start praying strong prayers. God wants to do infinitely more than we can even imagine. We need to start praying like it. Start praying that our kids can be world changers. Start praying that our marriages can be on fire, passionate, joyful, a lot of laughter. Start praying for that right spouse. Start praying that your adult child who is wayward, gone, messed up, mixed up, that God, you grip them and you grip them any way possible, any means necessary. You give them a slap if they need a slap, you give them a hug if they need a hug, right? See, don't pray general, don't pray small. Pray specific and watch our God do infinitely more. I'm gonna ask us to read this final verse together. If you'll go ahead and stand with me and then we're gonna spend a moment and we're just gonna praise God audibly with a band. You see the verse on the screen? Let's all say this together. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Church, that's our God. Take a moment. Let's just praise him right now. Let's just sing. Let's just honor him. God, we give you this time. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.